This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast for the 7th of August 2018. A podcast by Apache surrounding ecosystem for anybody working with or investigating big data and advanced analytics. My name is John, and here is my co-centennial co-host, Dave. Hi, Dave. Hello, who'd have thought a hundred episodes? Does that mean we're both 50 now? Uh, or I'm 75 and you're 25. Oh, that or sounds so much better. Or possibly the other way no, around. No, 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 I'm, I'm totally happy. I'll be the young, irresponsible, hipster, blockchain person. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not touching that comment. I'm not touching that comment. <laughs> no, no idea why that came into my head now just now. No, but for no, people, indeed. I just liked something on LinkedIn. By the time you hear this, it's going to be a while ago, but it was a fun picture. <laughs> yeah, link in the show notes. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah 100 episodes congratulations us uh yeah congratulations us too and thanks to our audience for for making it worth Suffering. us continuing this uh this kind of bizarre journey yeah who knew there were so many uh how do you call it uh masochists out disciples there? oh sorry <laughs> yeah, that sounds a bit yeah. occultist that's not good <laughs> well <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm all in favour of having our own cult. I think that's an excellent plan. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm happy. The roaring elephant. I'm happy a lot of people stuck with us through the hundred episodes. So uh, yeah. yeah, we have to make a hundred more. Not just stuck with us, but actually grew. We we've we've you know managed to grow quite a quite a nice audience out there. So yeah, thank you to everybody that's uh, both stuck with us and joined us along the way. It's kind of it's it's always interesting when we sort of either randomly meet people or even just seeing kind of people reaching out to us um, and even just even doing things like looking at the download stats and seeing kind of people popping up all over the world just sort of uh, <laughs> joining the, uh, the, the cult of the Royal Elephant, as I've, as oh I've now named it. He's on a, he's on a train now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still remember we were planning this thing. We were thinking, well, if you can get like 100 downloads, that should be good, right? That should be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we're doing okay. We are doing okay. And with that, I think you have some interesting, entertaining stats for our audience, do you not? Yes, I, I got some. I went, I mean, this is a big data podcast, so we need to do trend analysis and uh, advanced analytics and stuff like that. Yeah, so, we've got to be data driven. Yeah, exactly. So I went through our, 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 our download MP3 uh, uh, compendium, what do you want to call that? And uh, believe it or not, we actually have 99 files in there. Yeah, who'd have thought that? This is recording episode 100. Yeah, and that's that's an average of one file per episode. Yeah. And uh, maybe even slightly more interesting. <laughs> that's a total of only 3.33 gigabytes. Yeah. I mean, we, we are uh, hosting this whole podcasting ourselves on our own hardware. And I know I remember I was being worried about, okay, how much disk space do I need to do this? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's worked out okay, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, even though 3.23 gigabytes sounds smallish, it does mean it's 88 hours and 55 minutes and 3 seconds altogether. That's, that's quite a volume of, of a backlog there. That takes a couple of days to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to... It's just going to look that up, actually, because my math isn't that good. So that's 3.6 days. If you were listening to the Roaring Elephant podcast um, for 24 hours a day, <laughs> that would be 3.6 days, and you would come out of that completely insane. But uh, well, that's hey, cool. Anybody, if counting sheep doesn't work, you get three yeah. days of... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's, it'll either make you go to sleep or make you insane, or possibly both. Who knows? <laughs> Research has not been not yet been completed. Volunteers are welcome. Exactly, volunteer volunteer data points are welcome here. <laughs> now, it did also give us a little bad news because it does mean it has about fifty four minutes on average per MP three, and we were trying to cut down on size. Remember? Yeah. What happened to bite sized big data? Hey, yeah, come on. We defined bite size as twenty to thirty minutes per episode, didn't we? Yeah, we define it as 20, 30 minutes per episode times by two. Yeah, that's that's how we define it. Times by two? Yeah. Not by pi or something? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I suppose you could. I mean, it's it's close to like 30 minutes times by two is, is kind of close to our average MP3. Yeah, but it's too simple. You don't need a, 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 a Hadoop cluster to, to, to calculate that stuff. You need to make it difficult. 
Okay. It, perhaps we need to do some sort of random forest or something. I don't know. <laughs> as long as we don't put it on the blockchain, <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> oh dear. Yon, yon, yon coming to a blockchain conference near you. <laughs> I don't think you want to waste it on the blockchain audience. Oh, come on. That'd be hugely amusing. Uh, for me, probably not. Um, okay. Anyway, we're not doing a traditional news episode. We thought it's no, the centennial, fact, so... We're not even doing a traditional kind of centennial episode, which usually involves looking back on all the fabulous things you've achieved. Well, you know, if you've been listening, you know what we've achieved. All of this fabulous content. Um, so instead, we thought we'd take a slightly different approach to this, and uh, Apache Hadoop, despite it obviously being dead, um, no one's using <laughs> it anymore, um, it still continues to be at the core of a lot of what we talk about um, despite the fact that in many cases it's faded under the hood of things. So we thought perhaps we'd enjoy our episode 100 with a, a walk down memory lane of Apache Hadoop and the uh, the core elements of around it. Anything else from you or should we should we kick straight into it? I think we should just kick straight into it because we need to make smaller episodes and uh, if we keep talking about that's all the random stuff, point. that's never going to happen. That's a good point. Okay, so... Are we going to reveal we the sources say, we're using? <laughs> yeah, link, links in the show notes, I think. Um, but uh, the the when we're talking about Apache Hadoop Core, what do we actually mean? Uh, so that it, it's really now, at least, it's sort of four main projects. hasn't always been the case, but now it's pretty much Hadoop Common, which is the the core set of libraries and utilities used by everything else. It's uh, HDFS, the Hadoop Distributed File System. It's Hadoop Yarn, um, which is the yet another resource negotiator. More on that later. And still Hadoop MapReduce. Those really are the, the kind of four core pieces that, that, that make up... Um, uh, you know, when you say MapReduce, uh, can, you, can you expand on that, my dear? No. No, then I, I refuse to be drawn any further on MapReduce <laughs> because yeah. it's as a as a as a technology. Well, it's now as an it's algorithm, it's still yeah. very much alive because if you look at the most it recent is. things in there, it's all based on the divide and uh, and uh, summarize again. But yeah, 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 a lot of people the, when they the, talk about in fact the the map and reduce, some might say yes, or with, uh, <laughs> the, the cyclic graphs. It's a map, 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 reduce. But yeah. a lot of people still talk about MapReduce when they and mean the Java libraries MapReduce. Now, when you say the four True. pillars of the whole Hadoop thing today are these four things, including MapReduce, are you talking about MapReduce, the library, or MapReduce, the more concept? I am talking about MapReduce, the library. MapReduce, the library, is still considered the, the, the as a part of core base Apache Hadoop framework. Do you still see it used a lot, actually? Uh, it's been ages so, since I've seen anybody work with Pig or anything like that. Do you know what? I was talking to somebody about this just yesterday, and the short answer is no, although, as with all these things, there are massive exceptions. So things like even probably two years ago, um, uh, Yahoo, as they were back then, before they became... Auth or Oath or whoever, however Waff. you pronounce it. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> they they still had a massive percentage of the workloads that were happening on their on their clusters were still traditional MapReduce jobs, and that was just huge, ginormous volume kind of. Uh, but how much of that would batch be new workloads. development? You think, and how much of that is just? I want, I'm not going to say legacy development, but stuff that was created ten years ago and is still chugging along. I can't believe I can't believe that it was all old legacy okay. stuff because it was it was such a massive proportion of of the workload. Mm -hmm. It it did seem like that was still very much yes they had a lot of Hive and a lot of Spark and a lot of Kafka and a lot of other cool things, but it was it was such a, I I can't remember the percentages off the top of my head. And if I find the the link to the presentation, I'll I'll put a link in the show notes. But it was such a massive contingent of the workload that they had back then. And I know that they were working to, to move more of it to things like Spark and Hive and other stuff like that. But 
Um, I, so I think people that have been using Hadoop for a very, very long time, I would, I would be willing to bet there's still a decent chunk of MapReduce legacy, mm-hmm. quote-unquote MapReduce, still around. I would think beyond the people that were using it back in sort of 1.0 and pre-1.0 mm-hmm. times, you're uh, right, probably not. I also think that it's probably going to be dependent on the kind of workload you do. If you're doing a lot of uh, exploratory data mining and stuff like that, you'll be less likely to use the real the, the, the base MapReduce libraries. And in contrast, if you're doing uh, like a Yahoo and, and a Twitter and a LinkedIn and stuff like that, just a lot of ETL pipelines that aren't that are set in stone already and just need to run day in day out and be hands off basically, then it makes more sense to use MapReduce yeah. library. It's a bit of the batch versus uh, interactive, I guess. Indeed, indeed. But so that's that's when we talk about the the core of um, Apache Hadoop. Those are the sort of pieces that we really care about. Mm-hmm. So the original genesis of Apache Hadoop is generally agreed to be the two thousand October two thousand three uh, paper from Google on the Google file system. Um, that was my phone just waking up at the mention of Google. They're now listening. Um, <laughs> and so the, basically Google produced this scalable file system and wrote a paper about it. And what happened next was the, the folks at um, Yahoo picked up on that and thought, hey, this, this is something that we could use as well and started basically developing along the lines that were outlined in that paper. Um, following on from that, so that was October 2003, and that produced a scalable file system, but those that have been in big data for any period of time know that storage is only half the story. The other, the flip side of it is, of course, the processing. And with that, uh, December 2004 came the, the MapReduce um, simplified data processing on large clusters. Um, the final piece, which is where Hadoop really began to emerge as a, as, as a, as a real thing, was January 2006. So, you know, nearly, uh, nearly sort of two and a bit years later mm. since the original uh, GFS paper was released, um, the Hadoop subproject was created with mailing lists, you know, Jira and Wiki and all that sort of thing. And that was, say, January 2006. Yeah, that's kind of funny because, uh, I mean, uh, I just looked at uh, the, the Wikipedia entry for Google File System and it actually says it's a proprietary distributed file system developed by Google. So mm-hmm. it's a proprietary file system and still this has become uh, one of the four cornerstones of one of, I'd say, the biggest open source uh, movements out there at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, very much. I mean, the, that was, yeah, I mean, that was the thing though. The, the paper itself had enough concept in it that you know the the remaining pieces could be drawn together and, mm-hmm. and conclusions could yeah, be made and it also kind of means that hdfs is not gfs it's different enough no no it is very under yeah, the completely very different uh, under the the, the pad patents or whatever they have there so it was just kind of looking at the concept of the thought behind a distributed file system and then building a next gen thing of that yeah uh, it's an interesting thing. And also, uh, for the uh, the last part you talked about, when uh, the mailing list and stuff were uh, generated or created, actually went into the archives of the Apache uh, mailing listings and found the email that, uh, in that case, in this case, Doug Cutting sent, where he simply says, uh, the Lucene PMC has voted to split the part of Nudge into a new subject a sub-project named Hadoop. We just need three new mailing lists. <laughs> That's and how from, big things start. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So that that's the very much from uh, from acorns, giant oaks grow sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started with three mailing lists, who all ended with at Lucy, not Apache dot org. Hadoop wasn't yeah, even the project yet, and that was uh, as you said, twenty uh, eighth of uh, January two thousand six. Uh, it's fun. So. Yeah, so the, the interesting thing is that was that was when the mailing lists were created. So I, I think we have uncovered a bit of a bug in one of our data sources, Uh-oh. which is the 
the uh, the Wikipedia article that we're kind of using as a bit of a guide for all this, and uh, well, I, I guess it's it's not quite so much a, a bug as, as no, it sort of it lists multiple different things, all as happening in February two thousand and six. So one of those is um, the sub project is created back in January two thousand and six, but it talks about. In February 2006, Hadoop is named after Cutting's son's yellow plush toy, which of course was called Hadoop. But that, that can't be February 2006 because the project was already called Hadoop back in it's January 2006. A, it's, 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 uh, what do you call that? Um, a looping. <clears throat> yeah. No. Anyway, recursive. Rec- no, it's anyway. not recursive. Uh, actually, I think it's more of the fact that the it became known at that time because uh, Wikipedia Maybe. typically links to an article, and uh, I just clicked on the article there, and that's an article from April 15, twenty fifteen. So I'm full of uh, yeah horse manure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it is a little bit suspect. Anyway. I do like the fact that they're calling it Dog Cutting's son's yellow plush toy, not even saying it's an elephant. So that was a very yeah. ugly elephant. <laughs> maybe maybe they some have something, something against elephants. I don't know. But regardless, the, the first sort of um, real release... Well, is, let's also mention Owen O'Malley's first patch going to Hadoop. Sure. Apparently this February means that he's the first person that actually put some hard-coded stuff in there. <laughs> At least the first patch yeah. that no longer goes onto Nudge but goes onto Hadoop. Maybe, maybe. Um, anyway, but the first I, I, first release, first release, April two thousand six, Hadoop zero dot one dot zero. That's uh, almost three years after the GFS file system. Yeah, uh, good things take a while. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, but very, then, very nicely starting with the zero dot one dot zero, not with a one dot zero. Yeah, well, you know, true open source style. Exactly. Start with really silly low numbers and, and then suddenly like, jump to 1.0 when, when marketing says it's the right time. Yeah. I mean, when when it's reached a level of maturity. Sorry, that's what I really meant. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. jumping forward here and just to, to, to jump ahead a little bit, Apache Hadoop 1.0, it actually became available in 2012. So that's six years later again. Yeah, but even back, so 2006, so from 2006 through to 2007, there's a really, there's a number of sort of um, examples of um, Hadoop being deployed at at different scales. So the the first one is April 2006, um, Hadoop sorts 1.8 terabytes on 188 nodes in 47.9 hours. See, they needed our podcast back then. They had something to listen to during those 47 hours then. But the average average specs of sort of um, machines back then were sort of, you know, a gigabyte of RAM. Um, That's <laughs> Yeah, but sort of 2.8 gigahertz... CPUs, but you know, single. Yeah, but speed step uh, architecture and stuff. So uh, yeah, I couldn't compare this. No. Two thousand six. What was I doing in two thousand six? Uh, I was working at Silicon Graphics then. Mm-hmm. Uh, a gigabyte of, of RAM. Forget it. <laughs> Thirty-two yeah. megs is more like it. <laughs> yeah, it's really. But actually, it went, it's, it went very fast, because if you look a little bit further down in the list, in 2008, that's only two uh, years later, uh, Hadoop uh, scores the, uh, the world record on the terabyte on the TerraSort, which is pretty much a terabyte of uh, sorting. Okay, it's 1.8 terabytes on 78 hours, so let's cut it in half and say it's 20 hours for a terabyte. Very bad yeah. way of doing it, let's say that. But two years later, they did the terabyte in 209 seconds. Yeah. On 910 yeah. nodes, which is a bit larger. <laughs> Yeah, but also even like 2006 to 2007, it very rapidly it starts off at 188 nodes, 300 nodes, 600 nodes, a thousand, you know, a thousand nodes. So April 2007 is Yahoo running two 1,000 node clusters. Mm-hmm. And that's 2007. 
That's that's some pretty some in, pretty in big numbers even back then. They had a ten thousand yeah. core cluster, and yeah. there weren't that many multi-core uh, CPUs out in two thousand eight. No, no, you'd, you'd be looking at sort of um, dual core mostly back then, wouldn't you? Quad so socket be, machines, probably, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or, well, lots of dual socket pizza boxes, I think it yeah, was yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. And then the first, the first Hadoop Summit, March 2008. Yeah, I wasn't there. Oh, me neither. It doesn't say in the list here, but I'm assuming that was in San Jose as well. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Although I don't know, um, I mean, they can't have been in the same center that they're doing it these days because that's a huge uh, venue. <laughs> Let's see if I can find that. You talk about some stuff while I look this up. Okay, so moving, moving along, moving along. So October two thousand eight, two pretty two, two notable things happened. One is that uh, Yahoo at that time were then loading a whole ten terabytes a day again. October 2008, seems like a long time ago, 10 years ago. What were you doing 10 years ago? But that's <laughs> Same today, as today, as little as possible. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, but, but today, 10 terabytes a day sounds like chicken feed, really. It's, it's a tiny amount. Yet, back then, that was huge. And, of course, the other thing that happened in October 2008, Cloudera was founded. Yep. So uh, the first sort of... You know, before before Cloudera was founded, of course, the Apache projects were all there. But it, you know, look look at the people that it's talking about using. It's all Yahoo, Yahoo Labs, uh, and there was no there was no kind of enterprise use of Hadoop. That was it was all really still considered to be black magic and witchcraft back then. R and D projects. Let's let's give it a proper name. I mean, you're yeah, talking about cults, black, black magic. magic. This is going the wrong way, man. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. One of my dribbly candles has gone out. Let me just go and light that again. <laughs> so, but but you know, Cloudera was founded back in October 2008, and of course, their their mission really was to take the technologies that they'd helped to shape mm-hmm. and bring them to the enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a nicely warranted, guaranteed, supported distribution form. Exactly, a, you know, a, a distribution that's tested and that people can use and accept and have a support agreement with, and yeah, you know, something palatable to the enterprise. Yeah. Interestingly, they're they're, they're doing their ten year uh, jubilee, I guess, uh, later this year. Yeah, yeah, will be, will be definitely. There should be some uh, noise going on there about that. I would think so. I would think so. So let's step forward a, a little bit. Um, mm. I I like. I like big numbers and big stats. So March 2009, Yahoo at this point running 17 clusters with 24,000 machines. And then uh, just one month later, it sort, Hadoop sorts its first petabyte of data, or its first recorded petabyte of data anyway. It's a thousand terabytes, right? Yeah. And again, that was a heck of a lot of data back in 2009. Still is. I know we. Well, yeah, a petabyte is still not not an amount of data to be sniffed at. Most people sort of are reasonably comfortable in big data terms with a petabyte now, but it, it's still it's still a good yeah, chunk of data. It's still the, the the unit we use. I mean, exabytes you see used occasionally, but typically a petabyte yeah. is still the 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 unit of uh, of measure. Let's say that's mostly. The used. Exabytes tend to be used by management consultants <laughs> and and. and and people that have visionary or evangelist in their job titles, um, not, oh. not, not real-world people. So how long ago, how long ago did you tell uh, people about exabytes? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mr. Metro no, 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 Evangelist? No no no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not doing it. Petabytes are just fine. Thank. Lots and lots of them, but petabytes are just fine. Uh, we're, more, we're more NiFi evangelists, so we don't talk about data oh, sizes, but data velocity, right? Exactly. We're all about the speed, baby. <laughs> Anyway, back on track. Moving on. Um, so, what do you think? June two thousand and nine, the second Hadoop Summit. Well, I just want to move yeah. one for one before there. The yeah. terabyte in sixty two seconds. That kind of shows you the laws of diminishing returns. Where in the first couple of time, first couple of years spaces, it went from fifty hours to two hundred seconds to things like that. Now it gets incrementally better. 
And that also yeah. nicely coincides with the first distribution being available. Because typically, yep. as long as things go exponentially improvements every month, there's no way in making distribution out of there. So the, yeah. the fact that Cloudera kind of made the distribution also introduced the maturization, let's say, of the whole Hadoop thing, and the mm-hmm. sadly saying goodbye to these huge explosions of changes, which still happen from time to time. We'll, we'll probably talk yep. about the, the change in high, for instance. But you, you see this kind of slowing down of, maybe not innovation, because there was still a lot of innovation going on, but a slowing down of changes of people getting used to, okay, this is a stable thing. We can actually try and apply this in our organization. Yep. So a little bit after that, July 2009, the second Hadoop distributor was founded, MAPR. And mm-hmm. obviously starting to bring a bit, of, a bit of competition in the market, but also a subtly different direction with MAPR mm-hmm. focusing on their MAPRFS with kind of big data compi- um, components layered on top of it. Yeah, which is actually very significant because uh, as you started the episode with the four pillars, they actually took away one of those pillars and replaced with something else. Mm. And, uh, well, I don't know, looking at what they're doing these days where they're more and more focusing on uh, the Kafka streams, uh, streaming uh, ways, they are kind of leaving Hadoop a bit, I'd say. Or they, let me say, dip, say, from the existing distributions, they're the farthest removed at the moment, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that's already visible here in their uh, or- or- origin story. Maybe, maybe. Who shot first? That's what I want to know. Uh, Han Solo, definitely. <laughs> um, now we have to pay right. LucasArts money and Disney. Damn it. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, moving on. Um, things start to split up a little bit. So, HDFS becomes a separate sub-project. MapReduce becomes a separate sub-project, so that's uh, July 2009. And finally, our, our most favourite thing ever happened, which is January 2010. Yes. The introduction of Kerberos support added to Hadoop. And the whole world groaned. <laughs> or, or rejoiced, maybe rejoiced, maybe there was rejoicing. There may well, have been some rejoicing. The, the three people that actually understood Kerberos in those days rejoiced because they knew they had a job for life. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Now, nah, I'm kidding. I mean, it was a huge milestone because before that point, you were actually very limited in what kind of production use you could put Hadoop. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in those days, maybe the, the, the big data leaks and the hacks weren't uh, in the news yet, but people were very aware that there was a lot of money in that data that needed to be secured. Yep. Yeah, and Kerberos added a, a grade of enterprise level. Um, authentication that had been previously missing from the environment. and uh, It wasn't missing, just did uh, Hadoop user equals me do this <laughs> command. That's very secure. Yeah, as I said, it had been missing <laughs> and it's something that without without some form of security around that, I mean all people were able to do with Hadoop up until that point was really kind of abstracted away from systems that users would have any level of access to Mm -hmm. and provide kind of API-driven access to it or provide kind of access but then totally trust whatever your users were doing, which, of course, is mm, not really the sort of thing that you can do nowadays. Well, Facebook still does it, but uh, let's not go there. Moving on, moving on. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, before Kerberos, all you could do was isolate your cluster as best as possible and use data marts to just uh, store results of computations and have people work with that. But uh, Kerberos really made it possible. It is although although interesting to note here that this is only Kerberos support for Hadoop itself. It took a while longer, as far as I remember, before things like Hive and uh, uh, Pig and stuff would also become Hadoop-enabled. Of course, your, your data layer was already secured, so that was really data was secure. But uh, as we've said before, metadata has been known to be also interesting information, so that also needs to be captured behind the security layer. But uh, yeah. in those days, data secure, but your, your Hive schemas, for instance, were fair game. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep, indeed. Yep. So... And then next, uh, HBase coming in. I never realized HBase was so early in there. I know HBase was one of the first things I had to really fight against, uh, sorry, work with, but I had no clue it was there already that early. 
Even before Hive, in fact, or exactly. graduated even before yeah. Hive, anyway. And graduating means uh, Apache graduation, so it becomes a... Uh, uh, moves out of incubation status and moves into being a... a proven community. Money. Yeah, proper, uh, uh, proper community behind it. Um, proper govern you know, ability to follow the release Apache release process and all that kind of good stuff. Which should indicate that it had a larger following than the other guys. Although mm-hmm. they weren't that far ahead, because if you look further in the list, uh, Hive have graduated in September, HBase in May, Pig yeah. as the last one, Pig in September as well. And then uh, a Zookeeper in uh, January 2011. Yeah, a bit of acceleration. They're probably also aided by the fact that there were a couple of distributions out there at that point, so uh, people were more used to doing it in a structured way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, stepping back a little bit, so June 2010, there's a few notable uh, names popping up. So Yahoo, again, this time 4,000 nodes and 70 petabytes. Even 2010. That's... does really remind you that the 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 founders of this kind of technology really did need mm. that level of scalability even back then. That's, it I mean, that's this why innovation. this thing all started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just couldn't do this as regular stuff. Not in those days, yeah. and not even these days on any kind of uh, economically viable way. Yeah, and then uh, you know, joining joining Yahoo in the uh, the the numbers race is Facebook with two thousand three hundred. Uh, node clusters with 40 petabytes mm-hmm. so at least i believe there's a slight uh, slight typo there or uh, mistake there i think it says that facebook has 2300 clusters i don't think that's quite right i think that's nodes um, with 40 petabytes of storage <laughs> well it could be one node clusters yeah maybe but i'm doubting it <laughs> yeah i'm also thinking uh, clusters. as far as i know facebook never eclipsed uh, yahoo in uh, installations yeah so let's let's step forward a little bit and now we're looking at January 2011 and again we're seeing the the number of organizations um involved in the the Hadoop journey kind of you know branching out a little bit so there's still Facebook there there's LinkedIn and there's eBay now being mentioned mm-hmm. but there's also IBM Already um, done, yeah. yeah and you know, jointly contributing uh yeah, around two hundred thousand lines of code to the uh, the Apache Hadoop project back in January two thousand eleven. So it's it, kind of interesting that even back then IBM were a really uh, really strong contributor to um, to the the big data ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and eBay as well, which I think in recent years has dropped off a little bit. I mean, it's been a while since I've heard an eBay person talk at an event or something. Yeah, might just be I mean, me, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think you're right. I I haven't haven't particularly seen or heard anything from them. But. Of course, eBay has gone into banking recently, or recently, semi recently. So maybe they're less able to be open about what they, what they do because they have much mm. more regulation going on now. Yeah. Well, so are you talking about PayPal though? Uh, yeah, but eBay and PayPal they split up again, but they used to be together, weren't there. they? They they used to be together a long yeah. time ago. They they've been split up for a long time. Yeah, at least five yeah, or we six t- years. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, moving on, moving on. Um, Ooh, June two thousand eleven. Oh, I think I was going to mention the, the next... Media Guardian Innovation Award. I didn't know that existed. Mm, no, because I didn't know it existed. Um, <laughs> so June two thousand eleven. Um, Rob Rob Bearden. And Eric Badish, I, uh, not a name I'd heard before, yeah, actually. Same here. Um, blast from the past. Um, span out at Hortonworks out of Yahoo. So, pre- so that suggests that Hortonworks had existed as some sort of uh, internal project or internal subdivision organization or whatever, whatever you want to call it within Yahoo, but they were spun out in June 2011. And uh, yeah, Hortonworks as we know it today was born. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah a couple of years after the other guys. I mean, remember correctly, two thousand six was uh, Cloudera. Uh, uh, 
Yes. No, no 2008. 2008. 2008 was Cloudera. Yeah. And Mapar. Uh, Mapar was 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Hortonworks 2011. Okay. Almost one a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no more really since then. Yeah, true. I guess the, the three of them uh, cornered the market. Must have an EU fine happening much. there. Yeah. So, after that, third annual Hadoop Summit, 1,700 attendees. So, was there a mention of the attendee numbers previously? Uh, no, it just said, uh, it's a bit strange because on 2010 June it already says third Hadoop Summit. And 2011 they have again the third annual Hadoop Summit, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, I think I think we are uncovering uh, glitches in the matrix here otherwise yeah. known as um, bad edits in Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, but actually, just the same time as that, June 2011, and I, you know, I, love, I love me some good stats, uh, Yahoo, 42,000 Hadoop nodes and hundreds of petabytes of storage. So many that couldn't even uh, count them anymore. Yeah, just hundreds. Um, so the, the next... One I would probably pick on is uh, October 2011, which <laughs> I, I chuckle slightly because it's uh, it's a, it's somewhat entertaining. Which is there's a, a a link which say it just says debate over which company had contributed more to Hadoop, and I think it's it's fair to say that this is this is just one of those things that as long as there is competition, there will be. <laughs> Um, different people with different stories um, uh, saying who did what. It's all a matter of interpretation and context. Sure, let's go with that. (laughs) Nobody Um, lies, it's just interpretation and context. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's a fun read, yeah. I'll put that link in the show notes because it's uh, about the named uh, organizations. We're not going to go into it uh, on the podcast because it's it's a bit of mudslinging and uh, we're above that, aren't we? But it's a fun read. <laughs> yeah. Although I am just looking at some of the comments against the blog post that <laughs> yeah. you're probably going to link to. And uh, what, one of one of the comments is, I have done with library. Now please tell me how it can be added in Hadoop package. Um, I, I, you're doing it wrong. You're talking <laughs> to the wrong people in the wrong place. Oh dear, and that was back. Uh, so this this article was some sometime in two thousand eleven, and that message was March twenty eighth, two thousand twelve. Um, yeah, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. What was that? What was that name? Sorry, uh, Nilam. Yeah, he's got a couple of years now to. Uh, he has had a couple of years to to get come to his senses. So I'm sure it's yeah, okay. Now. Indeed, I'm sure. I'm sure he's worked it out. Now. It's fine. But it's, uh, it is actually fun that even in 2011, there was already, already people looking at who was contributing, and that's still happening today, right? There's still a lot of yeah. interest in looking at the graphs when they get announced to see who is committing the most in open source in general, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, I, I know a year ago, there was some kerfuffle about uh, Microsoft being at the head of the, 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 the race, and that couldn't, couldn't happen and stuff. So it's still a hot debated topic today in the whole open source community, so... Yeah, why would why would yeah. do be any difference? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, competition breeds innovation. Competition mm. is good, and long may it continue. Exactly. All right, moving on. Yep, sure. January uh, two thousand and twelve. Yeah, I think that's a very inter- interesting phrase there. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it literally here. Yep. The Hadoop community moves to separate from MapReduce and replace with Yarn. Okay, one, it's not English. That's not that wrong for bad, uh, not, not that exceptional for Wikipedia, I guess. But uh, it's something got replaced with yarn, but I don't think MapReduce got replaced with yarn. As far as I know, yarn wasn't replacing anything, it was adding, right? Was yeah. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting that I, some of it to me comes down to, as you were saying earlier, context and interpretation. And I think this is just, to me, this is just badly interpreted because, yeah, you're right, yarn. It didn't replace MapReduce, but it added resource handling, a whole I'll concept. Say it of correctly, it added yet another resource negotiator. Resource negotiator. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, Acronyms are there to be used. <laughs> some people, some people call it the data operating system, or whatever you want to call it. But it, it, it didn't really replace MapReduce. 
But no, I can not. understand that the... I can understand what they're trying to say, which is probably, I mean, my guess would be the original yarn code appeared within the MapReduce, um, you know, tree or sub-project mm, or whatever. Possible. And it was split out then as a separate um, sub-component. I, mm. I can definitely see that. But there was yeah, also a lot of confusion because a... uh, I was in the big data space at that time. I, re- I got into it in 2011. And I remembered this... Thing that uh, Yarn was going to come and be the new Hadoop. And there was, a, for, for me as well, a kind of a misconception, okay, this is just a something different from replacing Hadoop completely. Yeah. After a bit of time, it kind of made clear they were just adding a scheduler, making it a multi-tenant system, a lot of good stuff in there. But uh, <laughs> even today, clusters, Hadoop clusters exist without the use of Yarn. So. Yeah. But isn't it kind of funny that 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 same the sky is falling mentality is still happening today. Like, oh, Spark. Spark's going to come and re- replace Hadoop. Oh, um... Hey, yeah. it's, it's the glass houses name, and the name trees. another... I mean, it, it, it's name kinda, another... Blockchain. Blockchain's going to replace Hadoop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you have to wind you all up now. <laughs> nah, I'm going to get wound up. It's just, for me, it's uh, Hadoop became a, a, a force... In, in nature there and that means you get a lot of people that try to talk about it in whatever way they can make themselves appear interesting I guess yep yep and well they right. have their place in the world I guess indeed indeed <laughs> so that was January 2012 June 2012 just uh, a mere five months later San Jose Hadoop Summit they don't give the number this time but the uh 2,100 attendees, so a nice little bump up from that, the previous one. Which is a lot less important, I think, than uh, a year later in March 2013, Hadoop Summit Amsterdam. Yay! But you're skipping over the most important event so far. Yeah, I was a dentist. November (laughs) 2012, yeah, now you're doing things just to wind me up. Uh, 100 episodes in and we're still kind of baiting each other. That's that's the that's the love we have here. <sighs> it's called um, a marriage, dear. <laughs> yes, darling. <laughs> so November 2012, um, Apache Hadoop 1.0. Hurrah. Yay. I know, I remember I didn't touch it with a, a 10-foot pole. Yeah. <laughs> I really waited for 101 to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, some things never change in software. Um, but that was yeah, only dot, dot six years after, what am I saying, six years? Uh, no, 2003 to 2012, that is. Yeah. Nine years. But interestingly, so the, the discussions started, at least according to this timeline, and, you know, this, this timeline is just another Wikipedia article. It's on the internet, it's the truth. It is. Yeah, yeah, so it's <laughs> internet, it must be real. Um, but... The discussions around um, AppReduce and Yarn were started in January 2012. Um, Apache Hadoop 1.0 came out in November 2012, but let's not forget that Yarn really didn't make it into Hadoop until the 2.x timeline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So even though it was being discussed, you know, a a number of months before the uh, the one release it took a significant amount of time before before two x came out yeah but that that's not that's quite typical for for open source things because open source really like to keep backwards compatibility in there and yarn yeah. was something that really changed the play the, the play out there so it was a whole a long time where you could add yarn if you wanted to but it wasn't a default component yet you weren't forced in mm. there yeah. Uh, and of course, yeah, Hadoop 2 uh, came in 2013 because it doesn't really have the release date of 2, but uh, 2.2.2 was available in 2013 already, so only one year later. And well, so to, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say so, obviously, um, the uh, you explained this better last time we talked about this, but essentially, the the way that releases used to happen. Um, or maybe still do happen in the Apache world is slightly different to uh, what people might be normally used to, i.e. the 2.0 releases, which the first uh, 2.0 release um, for Hadoop was 
June 2013, and that was uh, 2.0.5, and that was an alpha. So the, the dot zeros were the alphas, yep. the 2.1 was the first beta, and as you said, the 2.2 was the first GA of the 2.x timeline. Now, if you look at the way that people are talking about things now, that that has completely changed. Like 3.0 is just talked about as GA. 3.1 uh, is talked about just as being another, yet another GA release. So that that mentality has, has certainly shifted quite a bit over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also there's another differentiation between the version releases of the projects and the version releases of distributions. At the beginning, there weren't mm. any distributions, oh, yeah. so there was only one way of counting this. But uh, today, definitely in, in, in the enterprise and organizations, you're not really deploying Apache Hadoop version 2 dot something. You're going to look at the distribution you're using when they have their version that includes the stuff from those things. Because a lot of these distributions also do backporting and uh, cherry picking of new stuff in older uh, uh, releases of their distributions. That's also another way of looking at it, of course. Yeah. But just um, switching back, uh, jumping back in time a little bit to the the 1.0 release. Um, So that was 27th of December 2011. And uh, the the release notes on the on uh, hadoop.apache.org are really really quite sweet. Um, Just reading kind of this verbose, um, it it says, after six years of gestation, Hadoop reaches 1.0.0. I think that's really quite cool. (laughs) And they, they sort of, they mention... It includes now includes support for security. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, and of course, then there's things like HB, uh, HBase with security, WebHDFS with full support for security, um, performance access for local files for HBase, and other performance enhancements, bug fixes, and features. Yeah. Please see the complete 1.0.0 release notes for details. But I think that's it's nice that even in release notes they they make a little nod to the fact that this has been a long time coming and a lot of people, I think, have been looking forward to it at that point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice nice uh, post-Christmas present, and t- <laughs> 27th of December 2011. Yeah. So I think we talked, well, I guess in a roundabout way, we sort of talked about the 2.x sort of, um, the changes, i.e., it's basically yarn. Um, well, yes and no. Because mm-hmm. I know in the industry, yarn is a thing that defines the 2.x uh, release. But mm-hmm. for me, I was there, I was running a 1.4 cluster, I think, which we, uh, I think we were using the Cloudera free release at that time. It was a bit uh, unuser friendly. Mm-hmm. And you we were so waiting for Ambari. <laughs> for us, Ambari was a thing that made Apache 2.0 and it wasn't in there. It only came out in, I think, 2.1 or 2.2. <laughs> it got slipped nice. at the last moment. <laughs> yeah. So that yarn thing, we, didn't, we couldn't care less about multi-tenant stuff. That was our user's problem, not ours. But maintaining the cluster, that had to be more easy. And that was Ambari, baby. <laughs> uh, so actually, there, there were a few kind of key things that also arrived alongside yarn. Although... Kind of interestingly, as you alluded to, um, with with yarn being spoken at as, as as spoken about as being something that would sort of overtake Hadoop as it was, or you know, replace MapReduce, um, even in the release, you know, the summary release notes of the twenty uh, third of May two thousand and twelve, the uh, 2.0.0.0 alpha release. It's um, it, it mentions Yarn, aka Next Gen MapReduce. Yep. So, yeah, but also HDF, HDFS Federation performance because everybody needs some performance mm-hmm. and uh, wire compatibility for both HDFS and Yarn MapReduce using protobufs. Oh, I love myself some protobufs. <laughs> yeah, well, HDFS Federation never really took off. I think no. I had a couple of conversations with customers on that over, over the years, usually telling them that it didn't do what they expected it to do. Yeah. And, uh, of course, now it's a new Ozone uh, project that's going to be become a, uh, yeah, 
a non-issue anymore because it kind of solved yep. the uh, whole namespace limitation there. But people really, in those days even, didn't have enough space with uh, what HFS could uh, could give them. But again, if you're talking about the yeah. 70 petabytes and more of the, the multiple hundreds of petabytes. Yeah, who'd have done it to grow that, that fast? Indeed. So we're, we're getting into slightly more recent history. We're also... Uh, up at a, a, a fairly high minute count as well. So we'll, yeah, we'll see if we can accelerate again. this. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, everybody. We'll no. see if we can accelerate a little bit of this. But uh, let, let me just call out a few things that I thought were quite funny, um, which is the the uh, 2.1.0 um, beta, which was uh, 25th of August 2013, brings uh, HDFS snapshots, So you know, mm. which is still you know, a very well-used feature mm-hmm. today. Um, but also a bit of a blast from the past here, support for running Hadoop on Microsoft Windows. Oh, yes. Yes. Anyway. I don't, um, I don't know what to say there. I mean, I'm feeling personally affronted on this. On, on, on this. I'm not sure why, but... Uh, oh, good. <laughs> well, you will be happy to, to note, perhaps, that HD Inside on Windows has been officially obsolesced last month, I think. Yay. <laughs> Oh, well. I mean, oh. <laughs> Let's go with that. So, moving forward, um, let's see, what are the really interesting things? Ah, so 2.3, um, February 2014, 20th of February 2014, bought in heterogeneous storage and the storage hierarchy, mm. that whole, whole ability to do hot, warm, cold. I remember talking about that back then. I really thought I was going to give a, a bigger impact. I, have, I mean, some of the really big clusters use this, but in the uh, the small clusters don't really need it. And in the intermediate yeah. clusters, I still see a lot more hardware solutions for that. We just have a storage array that has built-in SSDs and the storage yeah. array does the whole tiering because it's easier, I guess. Uh, so I think that it's, you're right, it's one of those things that the, the big guys really tend to use um, because they need to, there's no other way. But also, I, I think the the world has shifted a little bit since then um, in that, uh, first of all, storage has continued to become cheaper. Um, and larger. SSDs have, con- yeah, and, and larger um, and faster. Uh, and so, yes, SSDs have a, you know, have a, still have a significant impact, but... They, there's some really nice work going on now to, to, to see how you can use SSDs to augment the performance of your rotational storage, either, as you say, with um, sort of appliance-driven-based stuff, or there was some really nice stuff at the DataWorks Summit around how, if you just add a handful of SSDs mm-hmm. in the right locations, you can essentially get another kind of, I think it was like 20 to 30% additional performance in your cluster just from, you know, a handful of SSDs per node. Yeah, so it's the whole thing about it's not the SSDs, but knowing where to put them and how to use them, right? Yeah. So you need to have a lot more yeah. intimate knowledge of the whole workings, which, again, for the big boys, it's natural because they have that they need it anyway. For the smaller companies using there, and I'm using small very relatively here because even these small companies are still quite large, it yeah. becomes more of a cost versus benefit thing right yeah yeah so 7th of april 2014 240 comes out um the one thing i would pick from that is finally native support for rolling upgrades in hdfs yes hdfs or hadoop generally has supported rolling upgrades since 2014 it's a thing it works it's all okay for me that the big thing there is the automatic failover for your resource manager Mm-hmm. Being able to have a, a an HA cluster finally, not having the standby, but just having a, a real HA, and not just not yeah. having the secondary name node in there as well and stuff like that. Yep. But, uh, so next one, eleventh of August, twenty fourteen, two five zero comes out, <laughs> and for me, I think the the one that I would pick on this is. This is the point where the specification for Hadoop-compatible file system effort comes out. And, of course, this, to me, is the sort of the the genesis of what we see now with things like EMC, Dell EMC's Isilon, 
um, IBM Spectrum Scale Storage, and you know all the other um, uh, compatible file systems. Yeah, exactly. All of the other compatible file systems that now are sort of plugging into that. This was the even back in 2014. This was the initial genesis around that, in my opinion. Yeah. Was that basically web HDFS? No, because I, I don't believe so. A lot of times, when you talk about these HDFS compatible file systems, what they basically are doing is using the web HDFS protocol to talk to the underlying storage. Mm-hmm. So, I've never really been able to put my head around how that exactly gets practical. I mean, a Hadoop compatible file system effort specification I mean, it sounds very abstract. And as far as I can tell, all of the practical implementations usually center around the web HDFS thing. I mean, it's easy, right? It's the REST mm. interface. It's easy to uh, deploy. But I don't know enough about what yeah. Echelon and uh, Dell EMC are doing with, on their end to, to really have any authoritative say on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on, sort of getting towards the, uh, the more Modern recent days. times now. Yeah, so 18th of November 2014, 260 comes out with... Which is basically what we're running today, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's there's lots of stuff in there, and it's all... was a, was a big all very, cleaning up thing, right? Just a big yeah. up loose ends. It's just uh, lots of tidy up things, yeah. yeah. There's nothing there that particularly draws my attention. I mean... Uh, okay, actually, there is one thing. So transparent data at rest encryption arrives in beta. That's oh, that's quite that nice. That was earlier. That was nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, 2.7.0 is uh, 21st of April 2015 now. And uh, so here, I would, I would say the big one here is uh, support for Windows Azure Storage Blob as a file system in Hadoop. Mm-hmm. So the... Uh, the specification made real. <laughs> By Microsoft. Uh-huh. Sorry. Indeed. <laughs> um, uh, for me, actually, and then, uh, also the thing, uh, JDK 7 plus only. We dropped JDK 6 runtime. Mm. And we just recently dropped uh, 7 for 8, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll be dropping 8 soon for 9. We will? Well, that's news. Yeah, yeah. I'm... I'm Certain of that because there, if you look at uh, eight, is due to be end of life, um, uh, even yeah, we've been using JDK 7 long after it's uh, unsell by date, so yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So, the next one that's probably worth talking about is there's a series of um, the, the first sort of 3.0 that pops up in this timeline is 3rd of September 2016, and that's the, the 3.0.0 Alpha 1. Um, interestingly, if you click on the uh, overview of major changes coming in 3.0, uh, you get a 404 link. Um, yeah, there are quite a few in oh there. Uh... Yeah. We need to, need to reach out to the Apache folks and a little bit of tidying up needed. Um, but stepping on... Um, the th- at this point things tend to sort of get a little bit um, a little bit tied. Well, I don't know. That I would use the word tidied up, but certainly a little bit less verbose. So the two point eight point zero release comes out in twenty second of March two thousand seventeen, and really it it feels like another. A lot of um, tidying up and, and fixes. There's nothing well, at that point in time. People weren't really developing on the two ver- uh, on the two three anymore. That was just cleaning up because everybody was yeah. looking at the three version with the whole Docker thing that's coming up. Um, yeah, I mean, Everything. people moved on, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, lots of lots of good major stuff, but it's to me. It looks mainly like like fixes, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, which is which it's is fine. Logical. I mean, once you have to yep. concentrate on the next uh, branch, you have to stop putting new stuff in the old branch because you have to backport. Of what's the opposite from backporting? Uh, proporting. <laughs> you have to put all the new, the stuff you put into the old version, alter the new version, yeah. which break stuff again, and whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, so 17th of November 2017, 
290 comes out. Yeah. Pretty much the same story as far as I'm concerned. And also I think for the distributions out there, that doesn't really make a difference because all of those changes are pretty much backported in their last 264 releases. Correct. So people never Correct. really saw it. I mean, I must admit, I never really saw 2.9, although it released. Mm. And I mean, I probably saw it and probably mentioned on the podcast as well. But I don't think we actually uh, made any real note of it. No. Which brings us to the, the next big granddaddy of change, which is the 13th of December 2017, 3.0.0, generally available. Which means if you really want to shoot yourself in the foot, upgrade now. Yeah. <laughs> so this was um, lots of things. Uh, I mean, minimum job version from 7 to 8, erasure coding, new timeline service, mm-hmm. um, support for more than two name nodes... Lots of the, the thing that was particularly frustrating at this time, I know, was the, the default ports of lots of services had changed because yep. you know, back, back when people had started this, they hadn't really thought about ports and mappings and standards and things like that. They just slapped things on ports that they fancied slapping things on. Um, of course, that has since had to change. And uh, so that and indeed it has, and uh, it's been more, far more sensible but uh, it does mean that uh, for those of you that haven't yet gone down the 3.0 path, expect things to change, be aware of it. Um, uh, and even within the yeah. 3.0 path, because if you look up a little bit, on the 25th of March, release 3.0 available, and one of the things there is, uh, 3.0.0 is deprecated after 3.0.1 because uh, HDFS 12.1990's uh, Jira changes name no default RPC board back to 8.20. <laughs> so a bit too uh, enthusiastic in changing the port numbers there yeah yeah I love changing things I love changing them back even more <laughs> anyway so the final really final release that I think we're going to talk about and therefore um, pretty much winding up after this is 6th of April 2018 3.1.0 um, it, it's interesting also that anyone interested in these uh, links should take a look because uh, at every release it says, you know, this this release contains 768 bug fixes, improvements and enhancements. And sometimes they're actually broken down into which ones are bug fixes, which ones are enhancements and things like that. It's, there's some fairly sizable numbers in there. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's still... Uh, maybe not alpha, but very early in the tree branch. I mean, there's there's not not a single distribution out there that has a, a Hadoop tree as production ready at the moment, as far as I know. Anyway, correct me if I'm wrong. And to be honest, I think it's going to be end of this year before we actually have proven stable. You can just install this and make it run and not lose sleep over it. Uh, release happening. Maybe a bit earlier, but. Uh yeah, I mean, uh, I would always advise people start kicking the tires sure. as early as possible sure. in, you know, well, dev, and, dev and test and QE and things like that. Possible. You have to wait. I mean, don't go for the 3.0.0-alpha 1. Because you know it's, no, no, it's no, going no, to sure, be changed. Sure. Don't go there. But the 3.1.0, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so I would probably, I'd be a little bit more, I mean, uh, it always like we answer a lot of questions. It depends, uh, but I would say for for most reasonable size users of this that have been in the game a little while, mm-hmm. I would say for a you know if you've got access to a Hadoop distribution that has a three release, start spinning up somewhere so you have an idea of what it's about and what the changes are and how it's going to impact you. Definitely don't roll into production, uh, but. Start start doing some sort of testing around it, um, but yeah, three. It's also also always a bit of a, a conundrum for me because if you look at the dates, it's twenty uh, fifth of March and sixth of April. The first date is for three dot one dot three dot zero dot one, and the sixth of April is for three dot one. So it's uh, ten days in between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But of course, the three dot zero dot one is the at that point matured three dot version. While the three point one point zero is the leading edge 3.1 version, so which one to take? Yeah, indeed. Because that's also one thing that, that I don't like on the on the open source part is that they actually have multiple branches updating in parallel. 
they are already updating the newer versions and people can use it already while the old stuff is also being uh, added. And I can see that when it's a major breaking thing, like uh, the the three branch and the two branch having some overlap, yes, obviously you need to give people time to to upgrade, to to evaluate, to test. But having, I mean, you have uh, 3.01, 3.10, 2.76, 3.01, 2.76, 3.10, 2.76, 3.10, 2.76, 3.10, 2.76, 3.10, 2.76, 3.10, 2.76, 3.10, 2.76, 3.10, 2.76, 3